0: Hello and welcome to night number 30 of 31 Nights of Frights, year 3, the franchise. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. It's hard to believe, but there's only one more day till October 31st, which is Halloween. Throughout the 31 Nights of Frights this year, we've gone through four different horror franchises while last night's episode marked the end of one franchise, the Hellraiser franchise, this one marks the end of two all-in-one movie. Those two franchises, of course, are the Friday the 13th franchise and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Starring Robert Englund, Ken Kritzinger, Monica Keena, Kelly Rowland, and Jason Ritter, this is the 2003 Ronnie Yu-directed, Freddy vs. Jason Freddy vs. Jason brings back both Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. We are treated to a little bit of a flashback sequence with Freddy basically telling his story. Included in this is a little bit of a sizzle reel of the various Freddy Krueger kills throughout the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. It's actually a good way to start the movie. As I think Robert England's voiceover work is handled well. I like that they're reintroducing us to Freddy. Of course, we all know who Freddy Krueger is. This here adds a little bit of a new dimension to it. With the creepy way Robert England is delivering his lines, how he's talking about the children giving him his power, of course, through dreams and nightmares. He almost gives off the vibe of not just a child killer, but almost like a pedophile with the way he's talking about it. This darker, more sinister Freddy is something that we've seen in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, but it wasn't actually the actual Freddy, so this is the first time we're seeing the actual Freddy on screen since the 1991 film Freddy's Dead. They did some smart updating to Freddy Krueger himself such as the contact lenses that Robert England is wearing. He also has some new fang style sharp teeth. The Freddy Krueger makeup in my opinion looks better than ever. You may be wondering how Jason Voorhees figures into this whole thing. The movie overall feels more like a Nightmare on Elm Street film until we really get into the later part of the movie. Then we have more Friday the 13th style antics. Freddy actually uses Jason to get along the message that Freddy Krueger is back. He uses Jason to carry out his kills since Freddy lost all of his power. No one believes in him anymore. In that way, he's similar to the character of Candyman where he needs the power of belief to actually exist. I do like that this movie tried to make sense of the whole mythology of each character and even tried to carry on with the canon of each film series if we're going to think of chronologically this takes place before Jason 10 or Jason X whatever you'd like to call it that more or less explains how and why Jason was no longer in hell using Freddy as a catalyst here of getting back his power Appearing as Pamela Voorhees to Jason, I think was actually a good decision from a story standpoint Because how else would you actually get both of these together in the same movie? Another wise decision on a story standpoint is the fact that the first murder by Jason is Supposed to be in Nancy's house from A Nightmare on Elm Street Of course, it doesn't quite gel with Springwood being a ghost town and Freddy's dead, but Who knows? Maybe they rebuilt the town and were able to finally get rid of the idea of Freddy Krueger. As I stated earlier, the movie overall feels more like a nightmare on Elm Street. The Jason stuff simply seems added in until the very end. I believe that there's a reason for that, though. The fact is, A Nightmare on Elm Street has more story to it. The Freddy Krueger character, I think, is more interesting than Jason Voorhees or even his mother, Pamela Voorhees. They could have gone the opposite direction and simply made it a slasher movie with Jason, having Freddy just show up in Nightmares and Dreams. But from a storytelling standpoint, I don't think that would have resulted in a strong enough film or a film that fans would have enjoyed. I know that the overall critic reaction and fan reaction to this is overall mixed mostly because it does go into more comedic and campy vibes. It is nice that they did allow Jason to have a little bit of a time in the the spotlight here for this film, because we do get the flashback of Jason when he initially drowns. There's also a little bit into the deeper dive of Jason as far as what his visions are. It's kind of depressing in a way, granted he is a killer, but his memories seem to be just that he's simply killing teenagers just because he thinks he should because his mother is telling him to. The movie itself did its best to try to have equal parts in the movie for both Freddy and Jason as it does start in Springwood but seems to end at Crystal Lake. If we were to think about it too much that would not make sense from a geographical standpoint It works for the movie. This is a movie where you're not supposed to think very much. It's an entertaining film in its own right, but if you were just to think about it a little bit too much, it doesn't work. One of Freddy's favorite words that you'll know if you watch the franchise with me throughout these uh, episodes, Freddy loves the word bitch. It makes quite the appearance here. I think he used it more than ever. It's hilarious to me every time he uses it but with as much as he does use it, it goes into almost self-parody. As far as the two actors playing both Freddy and Jason, I would say Ken Kritzinger is pretty good as Jason. I would have loved to actually seen Kane Hodder return as Jason, mostly because I think Kane Hodder was the best Jason. The little ticks that Kane Hodder gave Jason really were defining of the character. Sadly, Kane Hodder's Jason was used in below-average Friday the 13th films. Kane Hodder, I believe, really elevated them because he was awesome as Jason. I wanted to see Kane Hodder and Robert Englund actually face off. These are two of the biggest horror icons, and why in the world would you not get the best Jason to play Jason? I'm not dogging Ken Kritzinger's interpretation of Jason. He does a good job for the most part. I just really wanted to see Kane Hodder back one last time. A fun fact of it is Ken Kritzinger was the stunt double for Kane Hodder in Friday the 13th Part 8, so at least it wasn't too far off as far as casting. I did look it up to see why they did what they did, and it's because Kane Hodder is a little bit shorter than what Ken Kritzinger is. Ken Kritzinger stands at 6'5". Kane Hodder is 6'2". Robert England as Freddy, is 5'10". Even though in the Nightmare on Elm Street films, he appears almost tall and lanky. He doesn't look that short, but when you compare him to someone who's 6'5", of course it does make a huge difference. So Ken Kritzinger is fine, but it would have been nice to actually have Kane Hodder back as Jason. If I'm going to discuss a little bit of Robert England, Robert England is perfect again as Freddy. He really crafted the Freddy Krueger character, or Fred Krueger as he's sometimes called. They really crafted him into a full fleshed out character with a lot of personality. I do like the more sinister feeling of Freddy here, as it really adds a lot more darkness to a character in a otherwise campy, overly jokey film. It is a shame that Robert England has essentially retired from the Freddy Krueger role. I would like to see him come back for another movie. That's just the nerd inside of me that really wants to see it happen. I do realize that Robert England is in his 70s now. It may be a little bit more difficult for him to actually pull off the Freddy Krueger role, but I have all the faith in the world in him if he was to get another opportunity to be the character once more. Of course, a few years back, we did have Robert England come back as Freddy Krueger on the ABC sitcom The Goldbergs. The biggest problem with that is his makeup wasn't quite right. So as it stands, this will be the last time that we see Robert Englund in the Freddy Krueger role in a feature film. The overall battle between Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees is handled really well. It's comedic. I like some of the shots that were pulled off, such as when the tanks are exploding and you just see Jason slowly walking towards Freddy. It's a great scene. It's awesome the way it's shown. It's also very humorous, but it really gives us a sense of a scene that we really wanted to see with Freddy and Jason going at it. This is only possible because Freddy Krueger was pulled into our world and out of the dream world. That seems to be the only way to really kill Freddy, but as long as the mere mention or memory of Freddy Krueger is still around, Then, he'll never truly die. This is why the actual ending does not make sense. Jason winds up killing Freddy in the only way he knows how. That's with his machete. He proceeds to decapitate Freddy Krueger and carry the head and just walk off. When he's walking off, you see Freddy go and wink at the camera. So, if Freddy is killed in the real world, then how in the world is he still alive? Don't know. It's a movie, so... I guess we shouldn't think that far. As I stated, it's a bit sad that this is the send-off of both of the original characters. Both Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees do return in reboots. We did get the reboots of both horror franchises with one actually being a sequel to the original film and one being a straight-up reboot. I will get to those of course tomorrow. I do hold out hope that we will get some sort of Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street that fits in with the original continuity of the films. The Platinum Dunes remakes and reboots probably have screwed up plans for any of that. But I'm still holding out hope that we get to see maybe Kane Hodder back as Jason or Robert England back as Freddy. But Freddy vs. Jason really works as a decent Nightmare on Elm Street film a middle-of-the-road Friday the 13th film, and an ending send-off for both franchises. You're probably wondering, where is the kill rundown? That was actually the true ending of this episode. I didn't really forget to include this. I wanted to see if I actually wanted to include it because I didn't really do it for A Nightmare on Elm Street. But why not? I might as well. This, of course, is going to be a very loose kill rundown because we don't see a lot of stuff happen on screen such as at the field rave I don't know what other way to call it field party I don't know either way here it goes the kills for Freddy versus Jason are stabbed through the gut with a machete that is just a dream stabbed in the back on a bed with the bed folding up decapitation stabbed through the stomach spear and body toss Next snap, flaming machete through the chest, whole group of raven partygoers get slaughtered by Jason in a cornfield, burned alive, and Freddy's message of Freddy's back on the poor victim's back, an electrocution, sliced in half, slashed and smashed to a tree. There I think that ought to do it. That completes Freddy vs. Jason. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you do not do the whole social media thing, you can send me an email at AdamAnalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Need to catch up on past episodes? You can do that at AdamAnalyzes.com. Also, if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners and create new episodes. But with that being said, be kind and good night.